Bryce and Ren and Corey in the house. Today we'll be discussing season two, episode five of Corey in the house, titled Who Let the Dolls Out? Uh, this is episode number 26 of the podcast. Uh, with me, as always, to break down all things Corey in the house uh, is one Renan Fontes. Ren, how's it going? Bryce, it's never been so weird in the house. Yes. Um, this, so. We had that episode in season one, uh, Gone Wishing, where uh, the whole episode was in a fantasy universe based on a wishing star. This episode felt very similar in terms of just the, the tone and vibes to what was given off there. But there was one major difference between this episode and uh, <laughs> Gone Wishing. Uh, is that everything that happened here was not undone at the end, right? That's right. <laughs> this all happened. Uh right. Gone Wishing was part of a campaign where, like, a bunch of Disney Channel shows were just doing, a like, basically a what-if episode. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, it didn't result in anything particularly good or memorable for Corey in the house, but it's whatever. That's beside the point. This is just pure insanity. Yeah, we have it's characters... Like the all over again. It is. We have... Because <laughs> we have characters... Uh checking checking each other and feeling like the other one is a little bit um more seeing things than the other is uh we have like newt is also in his own little universe this whole episode i don't know what's going on with him i don't know Um, why they did that (laughs) no we get get a single scene with victor um actually no we two scenes with him but he's barely in the episode really has has no impact on it um and the bobbleheads are back. That's right. We I actually liked that bit. I like I like getting a little bit of continuity in Corey in the house, but uh Yeah. The rest of the episode. So um so before we dive in to talk about it, um a little bit of housekeeping, Ren. Okay. Uh just just to start us off here tonight. Um so in two weeks. You and I are going to, so not next week, the week after, we're going to do another like break in the episode conversations. We're going to talk about um, movies. Do you, so I want to decide with you now, um, do we want to watch Underdog and uh, Kyle Massey's Dog Adventure? Uh, Life Um, is rough. Life is rough. Thank you. Thank you. Or do we want to watch uh, Newt featured in um Minutemen. Minutemen. I was gonna say uh time clockers. <laughs> um, so, which I think is a combination of a number of uh 90s and 2000s movies. Okay, so Minutemen and uh he's in stuck in the suburbs as well. He is? Um I believe so. Yeah, I think he's uh yeah. There was three movies, but not stuck in the suburbs. I always, uh read it and weep. Re- yep, that's what it was. Yep, I always get those two confused. And uh, hatching Pete. <laughs> In Hashtag Pete, yeah. So he's in those three Disney Channel original movies. Uh, do you want to do Corey first, or do we want to do Newt? Let's do Newt first. Okay. Let's Corey for last. We have three Disney Channel original movies to get through. Um, I think the best way that we'll frame that conversation, Ren, is if we give ourselves, like, 
I'll set a timer and we'll have like 30 minutes to talk about each of those movies. Yes, I think that's uh, perfect. Otherwise, we'll, um, I think, go wild. Insane. Uh, yes. So, so should we do that? So should we watch and discuss them in order of release? Yeah, that seems okay. fair. Yep. So read it and weep, Minute Men, then we'll end with Hatching Pete. Hatching Pete, yeah. Perfect. Uh, good. So there's that. Uh, I was informed by uh, a listener about a promotion currently mm-hmm. going on, Ren, uh, called uh, uh, Walk on Rock. Explain. So uh, The Rock, right? Um, mm-hmm. Dwayne Doug Johnson, Doug as we refer to him yes. uh, here on the podcast, uh, he has a pr- promotion where if one orders his tequila or a drink with his tequila uh, at a restaurant, whether it's in the restaurant or to go, and they order guacamole, uh, then they can send a picture of it to, uh, I think, his website for the tequila, and they will reimburse you for the guac. I know what I'm doing tonight. (laughs) Doesn't that sound incredible? It's like free food. I think yeah. we can take advantage of this promotion and discuss it on the podca- podcast. Discuss what? The promotion? Bryson Wren and Rock in the Guac. <laughs> like you're saying we should do a full episode yeah, about, about us this promotion. Like walking through this this process of uh, like, hey, I'm so uh, like one of us can order through DoorDash and maybe the other one can record live from um, from like a restaurant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm down for that. Um, it only runs until May 5th, so we have three days to accomplish it. Okay, perfect. Um, so, uh, and if to those listening, if this podcast doesn't hit your podcast feeds, then you knew. Uh, you know what happened. <laughs> uh, you know know how this ended. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, what do you, good promotion, Ren? I think it's good. Bryce, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say no. That sounds like a lousy promotion. <laughs> It feels like a lot of work for what could maybe be, I mean, I don't, I don't want to knock like free guac is free guac. Right. But at the same time, um, eh, it's like two fifty, and you have to, you have to order one of his drinks. It's like that, a uh, gas rebate episode of Nathan for you. It is. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like what they went for here is in the, the marketing team had guac, uh, what, sorry, guac on the rock um, written on a whiteboard. And so they had the title of the promotion before the actual concept. Their first idea was a guacamole-inspired drink. Um, yeah, yes. Yeah, where they were going to they were gonna mix The Rock's famous tequila in with this guacamole. And they made guacamole? Yeah, uh, they realized that it was a terrible, terrible time. It has a burning, chunky aftertaste to it. Yeah, Awful. Um, so yeah, so I wanted to definitely bring that to the attention of the podcast. And then, uh, the last thing I wanted to say, Ren, um, I promoted it again. I'm assuming that we have a few more people who've now bought into the Corey in the House newsletter. Excellent. Um, just because of, of engagements that I've seen. Um, and so next week, Ren, I think after we talk about the episode that we talk about next week, I think we should, um, narrow down our choices for what show we're doing next okay okay and i I don't know if we want to do that in a formal way if it'll just be through discussion where we have i think we probably want to narrow down to what four or five i think we should do a tournament bracket okay and we just Um, go through each round and 
we have to come to a unanimous agreement on okay. what we've done. And if what happens if we don't? Because there's only two of us. There's no tiebreaker. I mean, one of us has to concede. Okay. What well, we have to break the other one down. It's as simple as that. So are we bringing it down to the final four, and then people in the newsletter are choosing from that final four? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that works. Okay. Um, how uh, do we want to do? Thirty-two, sixty-four, one twenty-eight, <laughs> uh, uh, sixteen. Uh, six, six, yeah, maybe sixteen. All right. So we'll each pick eight shows. Eight. We'll run them against each other. Um, yeah, and then should we? Because the other thing is, so something could be a runaway simply based on the matchup, um, mm. which seems not super fair. Let's have a losers bracket. So we can reevaluate. Okay. So we'll have, okay. So what we'll do, we'll have the final four in the main bracket and then the losers will be in the loser bracket. We'll have one person, one show win the losers bracket and then we'll choose from five. Yes. Perfect. Okay. Sounds great. Um, so I will, I'll put that together um, and we'll each have our eight shows. If you and I have uh, matching eight shows, um, one of us will just pick something else so we have 16 yeah. different shows right cool all right um so anything else for housekeeping you ready to dive i'm ready to dive in okay um so our first opening shot of this episode of who let the dolls out is the um presidential bobblehead of president martinez now is this what you imagined it looked like a little bit like yeah. the head is very poorly made. Mm -hmm. If the sculpting was a bit better, ah, uh, I mean, it kind of looks like Martinez. It's a generic enough looking presidential bobblehead. Yes, yeah, and so in, uh, I agree with that. I think it does look generic enough. Um, the DS game, not to reference it, um, but to, <laughs> unfortunately, I feel like that's the only um, source we have for why he has so many bobbleheads. Right, or how he's able to have so many bobbleheads and produce yeah. so many. Um, so the DS game uh, explains to us that Corey won a contest and is able to mass produce these bobbleheads. Okay. Um, I don't know if in this, in like the, the mainline <laughs> universe, if that is what is the explanation is for how Corey manufactures these. Um, I would say I Corey in the house DS falls under secondary canon. Or we can Me assume too. that the events of the game happened so long as the show never directly contradicts it. Okay. And uh, in the case of this, I would say it's not contradicted. No, um, because so. Corey just has an abundance of bobbleheads. Um, we're not, we don't technically know how he got them, got all of them, but um, so he has a bunch. Uh, Victor said that he has to get rid of them because he hasn't been able to sell them. And uh, Sophie's like, well, you probably would have made good money if the doll was cute and adorable. Um, you just get right into it. They didn't waste yeah, any I, time setting up the plot. No, there was no setup. Um, we get one quick little joke about, oh, Corey, uh, Sophie's like, oh, Corey, I thought you were going to sell all the bobbleheads and then marry Beyonce. Corey's like, well, one of those is still an option. Um, yeah, and then it's very quickly into the the cut and dry well we should make a better doll do you think cory can still marry beyonce today <laughs> uh, like, like kyle think, massey yeah like let's say jay-z and beyonce's marriage problems you know they take a turn you okay. think kyle massey can swoop in no save the day no 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 i don't um 
Well, so how? What's uh, the age difference there? So Beyonce age. Beyonce Kyle Massey thirty nine. Kyle Massey twenty nine. Yeah, so ten year age difference. Um, I think very different. Um, okay, can you diff- uh, ask Kyle Massey on Twitter? Do you think the ten year <laughs> gap between you and between you and Beyonce is too much? Sure, I'll uh, I'll throw that on there right now. Thank you. And see if he has anything to say. He's never acknowledged us before, but I think this could be our opening. Um, <laughs> he has an older brother named Christopher Massey. Yeah, uh, in Zoe One Hundred and One. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Um. And he is uh not to pick favorites but by far my favorite of the two brothers uh his high school graduation photo is on his wikipedia page which uh who christopher yeah oh no way it's a... <laughs> sure he's happy to have it on there <laughs> uh all right so i'm saying to kyle massey at kyle uh do you think the 10 year age uh, the 10 year age gap is yeah 10 year age gap between uh, you and Beyonce is too much? Or no, wait. Okay. Sure. <laughs> I also lowercase beyond Beyonce, so I apologize in advance uh, for. If she hears this. That. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's his goal uh he believes if he's sold enough bobbleheads he was going to marry beyonce it's still possible for him to marry beyonce uh sophie's like why don't we make a cuter doll he's like uh he has this like um pause and then he's then says i have a great idea we should make a sophie doll the delivery was so stilted here i didn't even realize there was a joke well i don't know exactly i don't know if it was a joke because it struck me as Sophie saying something and then Corey being like just taking that and uh almost like with um like mansplaining how typically like the man like the guy just like takes all the credit like it yeah. feels like that's what this is is it's just explaining yeah Corey is Corey hears Sophie say and then Corey's like wait I got a great idea and it just matches Sophie's idea but Sophie doesn't say anything about it. I don't know um Every kid could have their own America's Angel as their bestest friend. Um, Would you want your own America's Angel? No. Would you own a doll of the current president's daughter? Uh, It's weird. (laughs) No, I think uh, that there's also a lot of concerns in terms of like profiteering while you're in the White House. Uh Uh-huh. Right? So there's those concerns as well. Um, about if, especially if Sophie's going to take 50% of the money that's made with this, I have some concerns here. So is, is this an exciting setup for an episode? Look, Bryce, mm-hmm. if I heard that someone was making a Hunter Biden doll, I would go yeah. for sick. <laughs> I think the Corey and the house writers are just forward thinking here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they, they saw into the future. Uh, and this is, this is what they feel is going to be successful. Um, like great setup for an episode. I like, I get it. You know, uh, Corey business idea, make a Sophie doll, whatever. It's just, it feels uninspired. It can, the show, the show can do better. It's exactly. It's a boring, a boring setup because we've already had Corey making presidential bobbleheads as 
an ongoing joke throughout the show. So like, if Corey making a presidential bobblehead is a more exciting concept than Corey making a Sophie doll, and it's used as a, a bunch of like one-off jokes, the bobbleheads. So I don't know why they felt they could put so much stock into make a whole episode of making a Sophie doll. Well, to be, to be fair, this episode takes a turn. It does, yeah. Uh, it's a very drastic turn. Um, all right. So uh, into our opening credits, Ren. Um, uh, so it, before we were recording, I was like, yeah, there's. I, I'm not really sure which guests are we should be talking about because I didn't really notice any. And you're like, um, hello, there is one that we definitely need to talk about. Uh, being one Danny Woodburn. That's right. Um, who plays, uh, we, he's referred to as Mr. Mac Namara uh, in this episode. And I don't really want to give away too much uh, about his story in the episode yet, Ren. Do you think that's fair? I think that's reasonable. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, he was here. He was here. You might be familiar with Danny mm-hmm. Woodburn uh, as Mickey Abbott from Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. He also played Tony the Elf in Jingle All the Way, personally one of my favorite Christmas movies. Mm -hmm. And what else has he been in? Let's see. Yeah, I'm I'm looking through it now. Um, Something called Biker Mice from Mars. Would you watch that? I wouldn't. Oh, he was Santa Paws to the Santa Pups as Eli. So a lot of voices. He was in the Christmas episode of iCarly um, as himself. Uh, not as himself, but as uh, like it's live action, so he's not voice acting. He played um, Wop in The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Huh. So was, yeah, seems to have a lot of kind of like uh, regular gigs where he's popping up onto these, these shows in this era <laughs> as one-off characters. Uh, he was in Monk, which, by the way, shout out um, to Andrew Jett, who made us a spectacular rent. I don't know if I sent it to you, but it's very no, good. Send it to me, please. Uh, it was a Bryce and Ren and Monk in the house uh, <laughs> title card. Very funny. I thought it was hysterical. And let's give a shout out to Tony Shalhoub's daughter, who I went to school with. <laughs> Every time he comes up. Don't remember her name. <laughs> Which I was thinking, I was thinking about our conversation about Tony Shalhoub last week, um, and I completely forgot to mention that uh, he's in Mrs. Ma- uh, Wonderful Mrs. Maisel, and he's spectacular in that. So, uh, I know him more from that than I do from anything else. I was like, I've definitely seen him in something, but I couldn't remember what. Uh, all right. So overall, I, I think in this episode, um, as Mr. McNamara, uh, Danny Woodburn is a character he serves the role that he's meant to play the problem yes. is he's stuck in the worst plot of the episode very much so um and i gotta wonder um oh no well i'll talk about it we'll talk about it in in a second but i just have have some thoughts on the way that he's utilized here so uh so back to the episode victor uh, nope, so we already said that. Victor told Corey he's got to get rid of his bobbleheads. Uh, they've already agreed they're going to make a Sophie doll. Uh, we're at school now. 
Um, Nina and Candy are like, hey, let's go grab a pizza. Corey, you interested? Um, Corey's mind is elsewhere, though. He has dollar signs on the brain. Uh, he isn't really interested in going to get pizza. Uh, in this scene, Candy does call Corey Sea Bear. Candy calls Corey Sea Bear? And did you also think it was a little weird that Corey, Candy, and Mina were just all casually together? Like, they're the regular group? Uh, yeah. Like, this is normal? Yeah, like, naturally, of course, these three are all together. Last time we saw them, um, Candy was ditching them to go to a dance with Stickler. Yeah. So it is, yeah, it's strange that we're supposed to just accept this. And there's no mention of Nude. Now he's Sea Bear all over again? Yeah. So it's because th- that's why I felt it was noteworthy. Are we supposed to assume that they are still into each other? Well, that... Candy says that she's waiting, still waiting for that pizza with Corey. So yes, like, she I feel like that. it's suggesting they're not together, but the way that they're, <laughs> they're, they're friendly enough where it seems like they kind of are. Yeah. And I mean, they, so they went to a dance together. They made fire. Um, Candy calls. Or they discovered fire. He calls himself Sea Bear after she calls him Sea Bear. It's yeah, like things aren't adding up. I kind of wish the show was just more upfront about what's happening with their relationship. Uh, because it does feel so. Uh, you mentioned that Candy's like, oh, I like I'm gonna get that pizza with Corey eventually. Yeah. So are they? And last week we had Corey mentioning like next kiss I have, it's going to be one that matters. Are we, is this building up to Candy and Corey finally being together? Are they the it couple? I mean, it feels like there was a step missing between this episode and last mm-hmm. week's episode. Yes. But that, I, I feel like that's, that would be the next step from here. Yep. Would be to, would be to actually pair them together. Yeah. Just not being handled elegantly right now. It isn't. Um, and it's strange because we've had like, so the episodes this season have been all about like Corey trying to like kiss girls or like have a girlfriend. So there's been, it's, it's just been a really inconsistent and it seems like something like it's on our mind Ren. we're talking about it because of the fact mm-hmm. the show has put it right in front of us. Yeah. And then this episode like takes steps back and it's like, ah, we don't know what Corey's relationship is with, with Candy. Um, but so it doesn't matter. Would you eat a half mushroom, half sausage pizza? <laughs> no, I don't like any toppings on my pizza, Ren. Bryce, what about mm-hmm. all sausage? Oh, that's tempting. Uh, <laughs> you know what? No, Sea Bear's gotta gotta think, or Bee Bear in this case has gotta has gotta focus. So what's up with uh, Candy trying to lure Corey with an all sausage pizza? It almost worked. <laughs> it did almost. Is this work. like a thing about Corey? Does he really like sausage? She knows. We, we should discuss sausage in the newsletter. We okay, like the history of sausage. Yeah, why not? Okay, we uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm fine with that. We can do a whole section on. Um, there's probably a poll online somewhere that we can maybe write about for like uh, top five locations with sausage pizza. Yeah, all right. Where to get the best sausage pizza in the U.S. Well, so we want right. to make sure it's U.S. inclusive because we have people. Um, from all over the country who will be getting this newsletter. So. That's right. Um, all right. But as close as it is, Corey's not going to give in to the sausage, all sausage pizza. And instead, he's going to go. He's like, I got places to be. Uh, what about Newt? 
What about Newt? Uh, Newt can totally go, right? <laughs> Newt's going no. through something so exciting, so amazing, that he cannot find the word for it. Uh, he, yeah, he finally decides the word is awesome, which I get that this word is like tied in with Newt, but you and I have never really uh, talked about is this like a Newt catchphrase? This is his thing? Like, I guess it's his catchphrase. I don't find it funny, though. No, and it's, I associate it more with the character type than the yeah. specific character. It's the most generic thing about Newt. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, like, it makes me think of Totally Kyle and the Amanda show. Exactly. Who, Newt he, already feels like he's that archetype. Yes. Uh, so if we as an audience are supposed to think that, awesome, like, the word awesome belongs to Newt, it doesn't. It's just the, the archetype. Uh, but yeah, so Newt does have something exciting going on, but the thing is, it's a surprise, so he can't tell anyone. Uh, it's top secret. That's the scene. He leaves. Yep. That's it. And now we're on Sophie putting thumbprints on a piece of paper. I just scrolled through my notes and this episode has so many scenes. There's so many scenes. So we'll, uh, towards the end, Ren, I, like, I'm not going to recap all of the, like the the five minute sequence that we get because there's just nothing there well I, that in itself is a discussion we don't need to recap no because no that, we'll get to that oh <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll get to that yeah so in this in this scene now sophie is signing a contract she signs it multiple times and then uses thun prints Corey's like that was the best part uh sophie's like all right let's go now let's get to what i think is the fun part and that's recording her lines uh, you think Corey is a good director? Awful. It's it's very like a Kubrick. He, he takes from Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> <laughs> to get the best performance out of your actors, you must torture them. He um his feedback also doesn't match what like his tone or how he's giving the feedback. Nor this is thing it is grueling. It's they, also yeah. Well, there's so much awkward like silence between each line like mm-hmm. just a second long enough <laughs> where it hurts they're totally this and the the way that they're interacting with each other i felt like i was missing something it's robotic they've never yeah. acted like this before no there's they some they have better chem way better chemistry mm-hmm. than this but it's like and i don't know if what we're missing is that Corey has ulterior motives in this scene and so that's why it's a, like is that's, directed that's the and angle they're playing the end of the scene has Corey like doing his little like evil genius mm-hmm. thing but it's um it's delivered so badly very poorly executed he is going to feed her lines and the first line is the classic like uh uh hi my name's Sophie and i'm america's angel but like he delivers it in such a nauseating way. Yes. He's mad. And then she delivers it uh, in, in a fine way. Like I, I, I mean, think- It's not the way she usually delivers it, but it's- No. Like mirroring how he says it. Yeah. I think. And um, Corey's feedback to her is don't give so much attitude. <laughs> yeah. Like instant negging. <laughs> that was not the issue. The, the the attitude because she's not giving any attitude it's it sounded a little bit stiff but it was still positive it was still like light-hearted let's put away the attitude all right mm-hmm. and naturally we're gonna have sophie say her next uh catchphrase which is i love woo <laughs> i love woo 
disgusting and Corey just it's like um it's like they allowed kyle massey to like do this scene on his own um you're 15 now kyle you don't need a director (laughs) and so he just read the script and he was like this is how i want to do it um so he feeds sophie the line of i love woo which she thinks she's like i wouldn't say that but sure i'll say it for this doll and then she says it. Corey's like, uh, that that was not good. Frankly, not, not shit, Sophie. Yeah. And again, Sophie just said it the way Corey said it. Um, and now uh, she does the, like, that's what they call me, which is something she actually says. And it's uh, pretty Corey, good. It's pretty, yeah. Uh, could she do it any better? Do you think, yeah, Brent? she could, but you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey thinks she could. Here. Yeah, Corey <laughs> thinks she could do it twelve percent sweeter. And that's when Sophie snaps. She loses it here. She's like, "Fine, how about this? That's what they stinking call me." I'm glad you wrote down the actual word because I wrote down "fucking" in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the gist of it, basically. Uh, is so Sophie's not even in the slightest in the wrong here for snapping. Corey's just being an asshole. Yeah. And so, again, so trying to break down the scene, Corey's doing this with the motivation to get her to snap so he can record her snapping. But it's... Is that... That's that's what's happening. But it's Mm -hmm. framed so poorly and delivered so awkwardly that even when it's revealed at the very end, it still feels wrong. Yeah. There's no humor to it. Uh, it's not fun to watch a, it was probably like a solid two minute scene of yeah. Corey and Sophie back and forth, just repeating lines. And then Corey telling Sophie, she did a bad job. Waiter woozer. Wait, <laughs> where did that come from? I love you. Uh, I love woo waiter woozer. <laughs> this episode was written by mm-hmm. Michael Feldman, who previously wrote Napper's Delight and and the weenie is okay and the weenie is is a rough episode napper's yeah. delight though is one of our faves yeah it's one solid he's michael feldman's getting worse and worse in his old mm-hmm. age um well if we felt that scene was weird ren <laughs> uh, we're about to meet a brand new character to the world of Corey in the house that i don't think would fly in 2021 <laughs> bryce what do you mean mr mcnamara is great uh, before we discuss him I'd like to read a personal quote from Danny Woodburn himself. Okay, yes. So, for context, Danny Woodburn uh, is a dwarf. I That's the correct term, right? I believe it's a little person. Little person? Yeah. Okay. This is a quote from Danny Woodburn. Mm-hmm. There's this desire, sometimes, to make little men animal-like, either patting them on the head or having them bite. It's dehumanizing, so I try to steer clear of that, but this was different, face-to-face, mano a mano, just two guys who got in a fight on his fight scene with Michael Richards and Seinfeld. Wow. So that's, I, why is it that you wanted to share that quote, Ren? I just felt like it. Okay. Uh, I've actually, I don't know if I've ever seen that episode of Seinfeld. I haven't seen much Seinfeld actually. But um, I do like what he said about in terms of, uh, I, I think, there's a conversation here to be had about 
typecasting. I agree. Um, I don't. So in watching this episode, uh, and let's kind of uh, to unpack this scene real quick. Uh, Newt's in the quad, right? He has the secret. He can't tell anyone. Uh, Mina and Candy spy on him. Uh, we get uh, a weird thing here in this whole episode is that Candy wants to eat food. Yeah. You know, this is Candy's thing. She's always snacking. Yeah, which is confusing because uh, that's not anything we've ever seen of her before. But she's hungry, and so every time we see her, she's talking about, like, eating cereal or eating pizza or whatever. Um, all right, so we now see uh, Newt in the quad, a little person dressed in all green, uh, appears. He has an Irish accent. He gives Newt a bag, refers to it as a pot of gold. Um, and then uh, Candy's like, oh, uh, he's a leprechaun. As any sane person would immediately deduce. Yes. Uh, and <laughs> Mina then says leprechauns don't exist, right? So Mina, all right, speaking of some So where do we here, draw the lines between curses and leprechauns? Um, so, okay, that's a, a great, <laughs> great point here. Yeah. Uh, curses and psychics are real, but mythical creatures aren't? Mm-hmm. This is, it's a confusing universe, Ren. A very confusing universe. So, and to that point, like, could I see... Cory in the House, a show where we had a whole episode dedicated to making wishes, like a, a whole fantasy sequence about a wish coming true. Um, could I see a storyline where there's a legitimate leprechaun in the mix? I would not put it past the show. A, a special episode? Yeah. <laughs> I could see it. Um, New, now, a valuable lesson about cultural appropriation. Yes. Yeah, and so... Um, I could, I could see it here is that is not the right way that this is done. Um, uh, we get this, this person just living his best life. Uh, the character in this episode is just, you know, living his life. Uh, Candy sees him and is like, that has to be a leprechaun. And Mina's not convinced at first, but all it takes is, uh, for the man to say that he, uh, he says to Newt, best be getting back to the end of the rainbow. It's like, I mean- oh. Look, Bryce. Must be a leprechaun. If he sounds like a leprechaun and looks like a leprechaun, he's probably a leprechaun. You can't get that... this thing wrong twice. Trust me. <laughs> it's, there's no logic here. Why? Why not then approach Newt and ask him about what? If if they are that confused about it, why not ask him? But also maybe don't be so insensitive <laughs> right uh, this is only the tip of the iceberg it is Candy um, to do so much worse <laughs> like shows like Cory in the house and we see that uh that danny woodburn uh is in sweet life zach and cody he's an iCarly as well he's in um you said jingle all the way he plays uh, an elf in that movie yeah okay so it's like at what point are we able to move past? And we're definitely not at that point. Like society is not at that point. I wish it were. But what point are we able to move past casting actors into these such specific roles that only someone who's a little person can fulfill it versus like, why not having a show where a regular on the show is a little person and 
every single line isn't about that feature. You know? Um, the house could have broken new ground. They could have. Um, they, they could have had this person on as a guest star and they could have not done a whole plot in which Candy and Mina believe that this individual is a leprechaun uh, simply based on uh, their appearance. Michael but, Feldman, if you ever listen to this podcast, know that what you did was wrong. I mean, it's like, um, like what, what they're doing, what they were doing, definitely in line with what other shows were doing at the time, um, doesn't justify it in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just, uh, I challenge shows to do better. And again, I know this is Corey in the house, Ren. Um, yeah. So it's always hard for me to like keep that in mind. But at the same time, it's like, these are the shows that are influencing upcoming generations. And so if anything, these are the shows that really do need to get it right. Uh, because if they don't get it right, then how are we supposed to like expect uh, a larger impact? In general, though, Disney Channel shows have a pretty bad track record of being insensitive. They do. I feel like yes. they, do, they do not have tact whatsoever. They punch down very often. Mm-hmm. And like by design. Yeah. And so I have not watched a, a current Disney Channel show. Um, or I don't know if, if it's just Disney Plus now. I, I don't know um, if they even still have new like Disney Channel shows. So I have not watched a, a 2020 or 2021 Disney Channel show. Um, but I, I can hope that they would not lean on a, a plot like this. Yeah. So. I mean... Um, standards of television have changed Disney's become a lot more guarded about their image as well I feel like with mm-hmm. Disney Plus being a bigger platform they're probably going to be a bit more careful about what they're actually allowing on like their regular Disney Channel programming whatever that may yeah. be referred to now yes so uh, but here we are uh, we get this whole storyline um, in which they believe that uh, that this individual is a leprechaun uh, we'll get back to it in a second because uh, to remind you all, uh, Corey is making a, a doll of Sophie. And um, actually, hold on, this, I, I actually yeah. want to. I actually want to uh, dwell on this leprechaun point for just a little bit longer. Yeah, sure. Have you, have you seen Always Sunny in Philadelphia? I have. Yes. Do you are you, have you watched the episode where they where Charlie thinks he ca- he caught a leprechaun in the basement? Uh, I'm like St. Patrick's Day. I so I've definitely seen the episode. Uh, mm-hmm. It's been a little bit. Is that also the same episode where, uh, like Charlie is huffing paint? <sighs> That's like every episode, right? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Valid. Hold on. Uh, Charlie Leprechaun always sunny. Mm-hmm. Charlie catches a leprechaun. It's the eighth episode of the eleventh mm-hmm. season. But. Dennis I, tries to create an innovative mobile Patty's pub experience, but runs into trouble when customers refuse to cooperate. Okay. You remember and this? I, I don't remember that one. Well, I mainly bring this up mm-hmm. because it has a similar premise to this episode of Cory in the House, where the main characters think they've caught a leprechaun. Yes. But the key difference between It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and Cory in the House is that it's always something in Philadelphia punishes its main characters when they do yes. something bad, offensive, or wrong. Whereas in Corey mm-hmm. in the House, at best, they get a slap on the wrist. And all the while, we're laughing with them against others, never yes. 
against them for being for being so outlandishly foolish all the time. Yes. It's a it's you know it's a matter of mature writing, which Corey in the house lacked. To it, but the conclusion is meant to be like, like oh, like I think as we watch this, we're supposed to think logically, Kenny and Mina are onto something. Yeah. Right. They they can't be that far off with their assumption. And like it was a pretty reasonable, uh, it's pretty reasonable for them to think that this individual is a leprechaun. Like in the context of the of Corey in the house's universe, this is not that ridiculous anymore. Yes. But. Corey made a literal wish and reset time. <sighs> um, but no, that that is a great example. So, it, yeah, if I'm remembering. Uh, I don't remember like the outcome to the episode of It's Always Sunny, but I, I mean, I do remember it happening mm-hmm. and it's always sunny to your point. It, like it has the natural consequences yeah. tied to it that if you do this bad, like because of you doing a bad thing, like bad things are going to happen. Um, so it's uh, Corey in the house has given us a lot of um, kind of, uh, these topics where it's it's like okay it's Corey in the house we should we shouldn't really be looking at it this closely but like um, there there tends to be something between the lines sometimes there does and um it's it's like why include it if it's just if this is something that's like just meant to be silly uh it seems like there's no thought about the larger impact that it has on how its viewers are now going to see the world. I feel like that's right. very common for shows from this era, like mid two thousands, late two thousands. Very like tasteless, not really conscious about what they're saying or doing. Mm-hmm. There's no tact. Yeah, there's there's zero tact to what they're doing here, uh, especially where this is the B plot of the episode. Um, there's even less thought put into like what the messaging is here. Well, this is so separated from Mina and Candy that Nude and the Nude and Mr. McNamara, they feel like the C plot at times. Yeah. It's like yeah. three stories competing with each other and they all suck. Mm-hmm. Um Okay, it's because we do get back to this to this piece. Um have anything to say about it now though? Before we move on. No, we can move on. Okay. Uh so Corey is making the Sophie doll. This is the worst Sophie doll I've ever seen. Uh, yes, I believe that the prop department went out and just bought uh, an American Girl doll. Yeah. Um, and so Sophie hugs it. Uh, yeah, and it says the line, that's what they stink and call me. Corey made a cruel doll. Yes. Uh, did you see this coming? Yeah, I saw yeah. it coming. I mean, based on the end of that, uh, and especially like, Corey's eyes lighting up of the previous scene where they're recording, I saw it coming. Uh, but I was just, why? Why? And even the reason he gives doesn't seem to be reasonable. Well, he did market research, and I'll, I'll, the names actually got a, la- a laugh out of me. Okay. Uh, tra- it was, what was it? Trash Talking Trisha or Trashy? Uh, trash Talking Tracy. Trash Talking Tracy. Yeah. Big Mouth Brenda and She Don't Play Renee. Yes. That, uh, one, she that one got the only laugh, like genuine laugh out of the episode for me. She Don't Play Renee did get a laugh of, uh, out of me as well. 
that just the the sound of it, the rhyming of it is pretty good. Uh, why were these dolls so popular? Sassy toys were in in two thousand eight, I guess. What? Um, I'll, I'm gonna look up what. 2008 popular toys. Let's see what was actually popular. Yeah, in no way, shape, or form are these dolls that insult people uh, actually being successful. Uh, what did your search come up with? Anything interesting? Velcro jacket, fashion designer dolls, DIY baking for kids, uh-huh. uh, do-it-yourself paper heroes, urban coloring books, Celebrity action figures, Batman toys, mm-hmm. political action figures. Makes sense. It was a yeah. election year. Bracelets for lost children. Uh, Barbies. Mm-hmm. Indoor tree houses. And bunk beds. Okay, so right, no mean on. dolls. I, I, found a, I found a better website. Hold on. Okay. Yeah, uh, I, the first thing that came up on that list that you just read was Velcro jackets. Um, so, All right. 2008 best toys of the year the air hogs havoc heli laser battle spin master which looks like an rc helicopter okay uh, lego city which of mm-hmm. course it's lego yeah a transformers figure from the movies makes sense uh cars toys pokemon action figures mm-hmm. bananagrams shout out to destiny i don't like bananagrams destiny knows that, that. <laughs> uh american idol talent challenge so like, all right, I'm at the girl toys. All right, little littlest pet shop. So that kind of flies in the face of sassy toys being the most popular thing. Littlest pet shop, yep. Barbie girls, Hannah Montana singing dolls, high school musical two pack Gabriella and Troy dolls. <laughs> so no, seems like Corey is wrong. No. Sassy dolls were not popular in 2008. Stuff They're like not. littlest pet shop was. So cute dolls, cute things. Uh yes, and. Who is going to want to buy a doll of the president's child saying insulting things? <laughs> no one. Like, I bought a uh, yeah. Biden doll that just insults me. Like, even, even in this world where these dolls that insult people are popular, the, the added element of it being the president's daughter, I think that this, that's going to be a detractor. Me. Yeah. Uh, I don't want this right. politician's child. Yeah, I know. Uh, let alone like that the politician's child is now saying things like, I don't love anybody. Uh, no. She's jaded. Mm-hmm. So this kind of, this would tank Martinez's image if it got out. Yeah, it would. You think um, Corey managed to sell any? No. Okay. I don't. He only made one. And if Corey respects one thing other than uh, money, it's contracts. <laughs> So, uh, and so in this case, like Sophie's upset and she realized that she was uh, like bamboozled into signing the contract. I guess the contract makes all of this okay. Uh, She quite literally threatens to kick Corey's ass. Uh, (laughs) And then Corey runs to get the microphone. He's like, oh, this is going to sound good. And that's what Sophie like uh, says the deal is going to haunt him day and night. Sophie's going to die and haunt Corey as a ghost. Like, uh, at this point, Sophie says this, and I'm watching, and I just think, where is this going? <laughs> what do you mean it's going to haunt Corey day and night? 
and then we get it. We end with a dramatic zoom in on Sophie's face as it fades to black. <laughs> yes. So, so I was wrong. Uh, uh, she don't play Renee was not my only laugh of this episode because right under this note in my notes, I have, I laughed so hard at, uh, so the zoom in on Sophie's face and the fade. Yeah. <laughs> so dramatic. Like, so I didn't know there's not even a laugh track. No. Uh, we're just supposed to all of a sudden like be I, scared, really scared of what's to come. Uh, let's see this episode. All right. I was going to just potentially see if it was around Halloween. It was in February. So no. Um, all right. Oh, this was the, there was a month gap between last week's episode and next week's episode as well. Yeah, they were, um, it looks like, yeah, so the entire last season, we were getting one episode a month. Until July. Yeah, where we got two. And then... It's back to one episode a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they definitely filmed them, and then this was during the writer's strike, so I think that they were just really, really mil- like milking these episodes. No wonder this show wasn't renewed. Even beyond the writer's strike, these episodes were not aired in a way that would maintain momentum. No. No, every month we get 30, 21 new minutes of Corey and Friends. At some point. Mm-hmm. So um, we uh, are back to the show. We see Corey's room for the first time. No, not the first time. It was his Oval Office in Gone Wishing. Oh! Uh, that I did not know. They reused the set. Um. So that, thank you. Because I was like, this set is massive. This yeah, room I that he, the same note. It's, Corey's room is huge. Mm-hmm, like, really, really big for something in the White House where I assume space is pretty limited. So. Uh, and now, Corey is singing to himself about Beyonce's My Fiance. Horrible song. No that written. song. They're going on a date. Um, Lunch date. Yep. Yeah. And uh, as he does this, he's like getting ready for school. And the doll is moving around the room. And, like, he kind of thinks he's seeing things. The doll moves from, like, his bed to his dresser. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, like, a little bit shocked at first, and then and that's it. Still, like, a little bit shocked. Uh, like watching this scene once? I, I wish that I only watched this scene once, friend. You've seen mm-hmm. it four times now, right? I've now seen this scene four times. <laughs> it's horrible the whole second half so from this point forward of Corey's plot uh i've seen technically four times yep everything in Corey's plot Mm -hmm. from this point onwards is shown again in full at the end of the episode uh and so at school so we now follow Corey to school uh Corey checks in with mina and mina checks in with Corey. Uh, their conversation is something like, uh, I saw the weirdest thing. You saw a leprechaun? No. What are you talking about leprechaun? Uh, there's a haunted doll. And then Mina's like, haunted doll? What are you talking about? Rice, are you on team leprechaun or team haunted doll? <laughs> uh, so... Why are why are either of these inexplicable in the Cory in the House universe? They dealt with a real curse. Yeah, they did. <laughs> uh, and like Cory's sister is psychic, so they're 
there really shouldn't be these kinds of limits, but there are. Uh, I'm team Haunted Doll. If just between the two, which one do I think is more exciting uh, or cooler? Definitely Team Haunted Doll. I agree. Team Haunted Doll is better. Mm-hmm. And, um, all right. And so then uh, they're like having this argument. Mina walks away and Corey opens up his locker to find the doll. He screams, closes it. Mina runs over, opens it. She screams. And then she's like, ha ha ha, there's nothing here. He's like, but I swear the doll was there. She screamed to be supportive, though. You know, that's a sign of a good friend. Mm -hmm. Friends that scream together uh, scream together. I I was disappointed with the reveal for how this actually happened. Well, once this starts happening, you you know how it's happening. Basically, like, you don't know how exactly, but you understand why. Yeah. Yep. Like, it's uh, clear Sophie's doing something. The Secret Service is obviously involved in mm-hmm. some capacity. And so Mina walks away after revealing that there is nothing in there. He opens it again. The doll is back. He screams again. Uh, all right. Uh, Mina and Candy are in the courtyard hiding behind newspapers. They're playing sleuths. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. McNamara uh, comes. He's in the courtyard again. Uh, Minding his own business. Minding his own business. Uh, he is here to bring Newt his four-leaf clover. Uh, as he does this, uh, Candy and Mina jump out with a giant net and capture him. This is a crime, right? This is a crime, Ren. Uh, uh, would this get Ambassador Perum in the papers? Yes. Yes, it would. Uh, whether this is... daughter like, goes wild. In today's day and age where something like this would probably be like recorded and put on social media, it would be uh an absolute uh like firestorm and we but stick man's always recording mina we do and and even uh back then where like not everyone has phones this is still gonna be controversial this is still gonna cause issues for sure for ambassador Perum. um and that's when mr mcnamara uh screams rightfully so <laughs> that he is not a leprechaun uh his Damn. shoes they're like, but you said that you had to go to the end of the rainbow. And he's like, yes, I own a shoe store called End of the Rainbow, and it's at the end of Rainbow Street. They're like, but what about your pot of gold? Like, why does he need to explain himself, Ren? Because, Bryce, he was caught by a net. <laughs> Just the way these things work. It made me so upset. Like he has, he does not owe anyone anything. He is here on work duty, delivering something to Newt, and two girls capture him in a net, and he now ha- is the one who has to answer questions. Maybe what about? Scared. Maybe he's rightfully scared for his life. Potentially, yeah. Because now he, he gets asked, like, oh, what about the pot of gold? And he's like, oh, the pot of gold is referring to the Irish step shoes I had to make for Newt. Um, and then we uh, don't really dwell on this at all, Ren. No, not at all. There's, uh, do, we, do they even say sorry? I don't think they do. I think we immediately cut to Newt's dance. Yeah, they don't say sorry here. They, we do. We get a whole uh, like minute of Newt dancing. Bryce, as a dancer, did you enjoy Newt's Irish step dancing? So I've never done Irish step. Um, so I, I can't say if it was good or not. Um, 
I didn't like it. <laughs> well, that that's important though. Even if you don't know if it's good or bad, you didn't like it. Yeah. You danced, and that means something. So, how does this compare to the dance sequence in uh, the game plan? So, we basically have created a dance hierarchy now. At the top, at the peak, mm-hmm. is the game plan's mm-hmm. ballet right now. Yep. At the very bottom is Newt's Irish step dance. Mm-hmm. As we see more dances throughout our podcast career, we'll add them to the dance list. What? Well, I would put the fabs in the middle. <laughs> okay, all right. Fabs is going right in the middle then. Right now, just to give point. us a, a fab sandwich. So, uh, and we get full body shots of Jason Dolly to prove that like it's him dancing. Like it's not a stunt double. He did a full day of rehearsal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now... Mina and Candy, they're in the audience. They love this dance. And Mr. McNamara walks by. Mina says, uh, apologize. She's like, oh, I'm sorry about earlier. He yells in her face. Shut your cabbage trap. uh, Yeah, that's what it is, right? Shut your cabbage trap. Uh, And Candy's like, what's his problem? Right. I don't know, Candy. He only got caught by a little bit of net. Come on. Like... I just got nothing for you, Ren. We've talked about it. This is, it's such a problem that two characters actively caught another human being in a net. Uh, And no no repercussions for it. Nothing. Nothing whatsoever. In fact, we as the viewer are supposed to believe that uh, Candy and Mina were in the right. Um, And now... Real trouble. Hanging out with a friendly leprechaun. Who gave him money mm-hmm. in their eyes yes and uh don't worry ren the most important uh plot point that's been hanging over us all episode is about to be concluded here where newt says to candy and mina um mina mina's like why couldn't this is cool but why couldn't you tell us and he's like oh uh, i swore to keep it a surprise never mind i was thinking of candy's surprise party next week Newt's, Newt's plot was all about keeping the wrong secret. Yeah. But there's a good joke in there somewhere. I don't know where, <laughs> but it's in there. There is. I Honestly, part of me was kind of happy that Candy's surprise party was ruined for her. Me too. She was weird this episode. I didn't like her energy. Bad energy. No. No. Uh, and so, back to Corey. Um, he's back in his room. Has Victor, Victor check it out. Him? What'd you say? Victor's walking him. Yeah, Victor's walking hand him. By hand. Corey doesn't want Victor to leave. And um, Corey, like, holds on to even to, like, Victor's belt. And Victor's like, listen, I gotta go. So figure this out. And so yeah. then after he leaves, uh, Corey hums Deck the Halls and opens up Get Rich magazine. Uh, and then the doll pops up above him, hanging from the ceiling. Important detail. Corey looks up and sees yep. the doll up above him. He looks up <laughs> looks at the ceiling. Yep, and all remember he this, sees... Remember this detail. All he sees is the doll. That is the only thing he sees. Corey then, naturally, Ren, uh, when you see something that is scary, you run uh, away and out the door and you run to go to somewhere safe, right? Yes. Uh, Corey goes under his bed. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Rolls under the bed, 
where he thinks he's safe until the doll is there holding a flashlight. Um, he's like, this can't be happening. Uh, the doll says, ooh, it is happening in Sophie's voice. Corey uh, screams. Mm-hmm. He runs, rolls out from under the bed, tries to leave. The door shuts, doesn't lock, uh, just shuts. Um, but that is enough of an obstacle for Corey to feel like he can't get through the door. And then uh, the doll gets thrown at him. And Corey screams for a little bit. Smashes the doll against some of his furniture. But it just won't come off of him as he's actively holding it. Uh, What do you want from me? And then the doll tells him to rip up the contract and eat it. And he does. Uh, Sophie comes out of the Koi's closet. She's laughing. Koi spits out the paper. Um, Sophie knows people who know how to scare people. This being the Secret Secret Service. Uh, three people in all black reveal themselves. They do a goofy pose, and the one in the middle looks like he's about to punch Corey. <laughs> and he holds the pose for this next two-minute sequence. Yes, where we get a full recap. Oh my god, Bryce. Mm-hmm. This recap? Why? I can't believe they actually mm-hmm. showed the whole thing. They, we, we get the so entire asked full scene. Sophie, mm-hmm. how this happened. And then we we are shown in grueling detail. Mm -hmm. The Secret Secret Service uh, doing things like hiding behind uh, objects and then moving the doll while Corey is turned around. uh, Sometimes they weren't even hiding. There was one point where one of them just (laughs) laid down on the floor. Like, you're not going to notice a man laying on your bedroom floor. Corey's peripheral vision uh, is not very good, Ren. Corey's hearing is awful. <laughs> These people were making noise. They were moving. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were also uh, naturally pulling off the entire back panel of Corey's locker, uh, which is a simple wall piece. Uh, and they, were, the... they were timing it perfectly with mm-hmm. Mina's coming and going. Yeah. <laughs> to put the doll there and then take it away. And then uh, back in Corey's room, they were doing things like climbing on the ceiling. Yep. When Corey looks up, uh, when we get the recap showing what actually happened, there's a person just right above the doll mm-hmm. that Corey should have been able to see. Corey refused to look further up. He didn't know what he could see. It's going to be scarier. <laughs> uh, did you see that one of the secret secret service service agents became his lamp at one point? Yeah, I did see that. Uh, just, are these people really the best? Shouldn't they be doing, like, real missions? Uh, apparently. Well, so also when Sophie contacts them to be like, hey, can you help me out? Which we do see as part of the sequence. Yeah. Um, the three of them are sitting in a room that looks to be two-way mirrors on all sides and then a single light. And they're sitting at a steel table with nothing on it. There's, like, uh, a hotline. Yeah. So, presumably, the reason they're in such an uncomfortable room is because they're in there so infrequently. Because mm-hmm. they're always getting missions. Yes. But this also means Sophie took them away for what must have been an actual important mis- mission that needed the Secret Secret Service. Yes. Um, yeah, Let me secret... say this, Bryce. Mm-hmm. Bin Laden didn't die until 2011. This episode aired in 2008. Are you blaming the Secret Secret Service? I'm blaming Sophie. Okay. 
yes, the Secret Service could have been on top of this. Uh, and so, all in all, it really is just so long, so boring. Not something that we needed. It, it lasts for about five minutes. Believe it or not, uh, this recap was so long and had so many scenes in this episode, yet they still give us a full dance sequence and a five-minute recap. Um, this, ep- it, this episode feels it, exhausting to think about. It's it, like I ate yeah. a big meal that I didn't like. Uh, well, it's a great transition, Ren, because... Um, so in this scene, Corey apologizes uh, for taking advantage of Sophie. They're out of the doll business. They hug it out. Our end scene is Candy eating a bunch of pizza. Candy um, also, like, the bite in her eyes as she's eating, it's horrifying. <laughs> I'd be so upset if I invited mm-hmm. a friend over for pizza and they ate food like that. <laughs> Inappropriate. <laughs> Not okay. Corey and Mina recap the day about how there's always a logical explanation for everything right so yeah you thought you saw a leprechaun i thought i saw a haunted doll turns out uh one of them was simply a person um and the other one uh was just sophie in the secret secret service how can Corey just let mina say something like there's always a logical explanation for something (laughs) this is a psychic (laughs) yeah uh, he, he's like, you know what? Yes, this is correct. And doesn't, you're right, doesn't take into account at all uh, that his sister is a psychic and there is no explanation as to why. Uh, well, things are about to get a little bit stranger as the turkey or the goose, there's a cooked goose. Bryce, before you get into the cooked goose, did you notice the orange juice in a soda liter? No, but I hate that. <laughs> it was clearly orange soda, but it said orange juice on the front. Yeah. The prop department goes on in the Corey and the house writers' brains. Um, well, I wouldn't blame that. I think that's more the prop department, more the prop crew. Uh, this goose this is the talking cooked goose. They're like a horrible joke. Every there's logical explanation for everything. This cooked goose, uh, says your time is up. And they're like, uh, did you just hear that? That's like your goose is cooked. They all run out of the room because they're scared. Uh, what? Like, it's so stupid. And Victor comes out and he's like, oh, my talking thermometer. I'm going to go hide it in court. Thermometer. Heat thermometer. Meat. Meat. Meat Meat thermometer. (sighs) And then as if that wasn't... Don't forget the last joke. (laughs) What did you say? Don't forget the last joke. Yeah, I was just going to say, as if that wasn't funny enough, as if we weren't already on the floor uh, trying to hold back our tears because it was just that funny. Uh, Candy runs in and grabs the whole box of pizza and then runs out. And Victor gives a face like, did I just see that? I seen. Just bad, bad, bad episode. (laughs) Very bad. One of the worst in a a long while. Mm -hmm. I mean, definitely one of the most insensitive that we've had in a while i have to open Um, up our episode rating to cross-reference the other shitty episodes it was like so it was insensitive it was long it was not fun uh it wasn't like long and fun but it, it was just rough uh in terms of roses like i i have racked my brain ren there's nothing that i'm proud to say i enjoyed in this episode um, um <laughs> there's nothing uh the theme song 
was particularly good. I'm giving my rose to she don't play Renee. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. That's a that is a good one. Um and then in terms of so like that was my rose. My thorn. Uh or actually no, I did bud first. My bud was uh let's see what I said. Um the C oh this just the existence of the Secret Secret Service. I don't know. I could see them again, but not in a montage. And uh, Thorn, uh, the doll recap, Candy's Hungry. Um, there are a lot of really awful... Capturing things. a human being in a net. Maybe. I'm Definitely. giving my Thorn to the cooked goose. They saved the worst joke for mm-hmm. that. Yeah, there's so little effort put into the humor here. Um, all right. And so you're looking at the episode ratings. Yes. Uh, are there any episode reviews here? There are. Okay. We have two of them. You ready? I am. <clears throat> this one is by KM Avatar 92 Their title is Another Sophie Corey Episode. They gave it a six. Mm-hmm. It seems like this series should be called Sophie in the House. There is more focus on this little girl than any other character in the show. (laughs) The storyline was pretty typical. Anyone would know that it was Sophie making the dolls move and talk. It was kind of weird the whole thing where she she has special you-never-see ninkas to do everything. That's N-I-N-K-A-S. What are they trying to say there? Ninjas. Oh, yes. Just kind of random and almost as if the cast and crew were stuck on finding a way for Sophie to have actually pulled everything off and they were so desperate as to take this idea. The subplot was also quite weird. The show was meant to be for teens, yet they have girls thinking leprechauns are real in other no sense. Mm-hmm. Cory in the House needs to become a better show before it's canceled. This, this review has one downvote. And do we think the show became better before it was canceled? <laughs> Bryce, we have a few episodes to determine that. Mm -hmm. All right. This one is by Old Faithful VG Freak. Very silly, but entertaining. 7.5. Corey works with Sophie to create a new line of Sophie dolls for him to sell. They record Sophie's voice, but she becomes impatient and starts saying mean things. He puts the mean things in the doll. She gets upset, but he won't rip the contract. Suddenly, the doll Cory made begins moving on its own and following Cory. He gets so scared. Meanwhile, Mina and Candy follow Newt and believe that he is meeting with a leprechaun. Cory finally breaks and tears up the contract, according to the doll's instructions. Sophie then reveals that she was behind it all and hired Secret Secret Service to move the doll around stealthily. Candy and Mina learn that the man that Newt is talking to is a shoe salesman who is short and has pot of gold-colored shoes, and the shop is at the end of the Rainbow Street. This episode was okay. It was really silly with the doll and everything. Remind me of the old Chucky movie. This episode gets a 7.5 out of 10. So I think VG Freaky was a little bit too generous, uh, not just in the rating, but also in terms of describing the doll. Uh, the doll physically moved from one location to another. The doll did not ever move on its own. I just want to be very clear about that. Yeah. I don't think VG Freak A was really paying attention. No. You know? No, they were texting too much during the episode. He's somewhere to, else. Yeah, in, to, uh, to in their phone. Uh, you want some trivia? Yes. What trivia do we got? 
when one of the super secret service people puts the doll under the bed, she fell sideways to the left. Then in the next scene, the doll was sitting up and perfect. Yes. Illusions. Candy wanting to get cereal from Mr. McNamara when she thought he was a leprechaun is a reference to Lucky Charm cereal. The title is a pun on the song Who Let the Dogs Out by the Baja Men. Mm. I would not have pieced together uh, any of that if not for that being someone actively spending the time to type that out. Put that in there. Uh, did Martinez go down at all this week? Depends. Does anything that happened, like, does do the Sophie dolls influence him in any capacity? No. Sophie does, dolls don't get made. Does an ambassador's daughter capturing a little person get him in trouble? Yes. We have to um, assume that Martinez would stand by Perum because yes. Nina has to be in the rest of the show, logically. Yep. Um, I... I think it's going to be like a, uh, a by proxy thing. So he's at negative 75 right now. Um, I don't think it's going to be a, a giant fall, but I, I would say negative 80. All right. I, I think negative 80 is reasonable. Yeah, like if we're looking at like, if it were to be like Perum's rating, I think Perum is taking a hit, but also I don't know if he's beloved by too many folks anyway. Um, so, all right. And uh, lastly, Ren, what are we rating this episode? I am torn between a 1 and a 1.5. Hmm. I This was an awful episode in every capacity. Just, it was, Corey, it was stilted. It was awkward. It was poorly paced. It was stuffed with filler. It was insensitive. Characters didn't act like themselves. When they did, they weren't funny. Jokes most of the time didn't land. Characters were used poorly. Characterization was all over the place with people like Candy. It was just a shit show from start to finish. <laughs> this is coming off. We uh, were feeling pretty good last week. <laughs> I'm going with a one. Yeah. Is it, this is the single worst episode of Corey in the House I have seen. It's awful, awful, horrible. <laughs> the writing, it's just... Genuinely, Michael Feldman, if you ever listen to this podcast, on the off chance you do, know that you are a terrible writer. You wrote Napper's Delight, which I loved, but this, horrible. What a legacy. Embarrassing. Ren, you have me in stitches right now. <laughs> What's your score? Wow. Uh, I mean, I'm not feeling great about the episode by any means. Um... <laughs> I, I would think 1.5 yeah um, just because I think that the the ceiling um, or the floor is still there mm-hmm. uh, so this show got canceled and this is only I think one step one more step closer to that cancellation but I think that we are definitely going to hit some real low lows here in season two that's what um, I'm starting to believe because Disney did not cancel everything during the writer's strike. They only yeah. canceled a few of their shows. Mm-hmm. And after watching this fucking disaster, I'm my optimism for the rest of season two has plummeted. Yes. I'm dreading mm-hmm. these last batch of episodes now. And we also, uh, like, we didn't really touch on it. I don't want to uh, spend too much more time just talking about this disaster. But Mina... The Mina of it all, of how, like, she is 
she has her fingerprints all over this episode. Yeah. She's uh, interacts with Corey in terms of them exchanging thoughts on the haunted doll versus the leprechaun. Uh, she is responsible for uh, believing that uh, this, this person is a leprechaun. And then uh, like she, in the end uh, with Newt goes ahead and uh, helps uncover everything. Like she's just such a unappealing character. I think we've come to a point where we can confidently say Mina is the worst character in Corey in the house. Definitely. Uh, of the main, the, especially the main cast, yes. Um, but even there's some, I, I would argue that there's some supporting characters who are far more interesting or, or are at least better written than yeah. what we've seen of Mina. They just don't know what to do with Mina. The, the only reason they keep her around is because she is the girl in the cast. Yeah. Like that's her role is ethnic girl. That's it. Mm -hmm. And it's never funny. It's never like, she's never had a meaningful episode on the same level as Nooner Corey, where they learn a truly valuable lesson. Every time Mina has to learn a lesson, she's either acting like a complete asshole, Mm -hmm. like in her sweet six shitska birthday. Yeah. Or she's just completely vapid. Like in the, what's his fucking name? Her boyfriend (laughs) from the very beginning of the series, Chad Berkowitz. Chad CB. Yeah. Yeah, CB. And most of the time, she's just a nothing character who mm-hmm. exists to move the plot along because they need someone who's not telling jokes to say something. Well, even where, uh, like, we get, because uh, the only other, I think the only real other, one of the Mina-centric episodes that, that we didn't touch on where she should have learned, like, Bahavi and Idol, where yeah. she is on this show and she's supposed to, to kiss this Bahavian pop star and learns that you know he's just one big fake like the lesson that we learned in that episode is about Corey. yeah it all comes back to Cor- like mm-hmm. if it doesn't come back to Corey, it comes back to newt or it comes back to Corey and newt it's yeah. never about mina like no never it never it's never about mina <sighs> uh next week ren <laughs> we are watching more Corey in the house uh we are watching we don't have chemistry uh, which is going to be season two, episode six of Corey in the House. Uh, I am seeing, I'm looking on Wikipedia. Uh, I'm not looking at the plot because I, I like to, to have that happen in the episode, but I am seeing bolded, absent, Jason Dolly as Newt. I saw it too, and oh man, it's going to be a long episode. <laughs> the, the anchor to the show, the one thing that really keeps our spirits uh, at least in some kind of a good place is going to be missing in the next episode. He's off filming Clock Stoppers. Well, um, if it makes you feel any better, uh, the next episode is directed by Mark Sandrowski, who's also directed, you're going to love this, 244 <laughs> episodes of The Big Bang Theory. No! <laughs> no! It is the most prominent thing he's ever done. 244? 244 out of 279 uh, he is the main director if you go on wikipedia it says that the big bang theory is directed by him bazinga that'll be uh, one of an episode young cory i i <laughs> young cory do not speak those words into existence Ren. <laughs> do not disney channel will hear they know that that they uh want to prey on some nostalgia we will get young Corey, rice and red and young sheldon in the house no <laughs> uh we will do that as well next week i expect yes. um 
I it, based on the length of that, that might get broken up into a bonus episode, or if it's shorter, we'll we'll uh, tag it on to the end there. Uh, but I'm looking forward to figuring, uh, starting the path to figure out what's next, Ren. Uh, I, I need I need a light at the end of this tunnel. I, I also do, because things are getting real dark in here. Uh, the air is getting thinner and thinner, uh, and the walls the are for getting sure... Critical. Yeah, the walls are closing in, <laughs> and I'm feeling like there is very... Uh, not a lot of... not a lot more direction less for uh, re- left for this show to go. Bryce, mm-hmm. I saw the absent for, for the for episode seven jason dolly's missing two no! bro <sighs> could, th- could these be the mina episodes we're waiting for everything that we've been been looking for oh no um what a disaster oh all right Ren, anything else that we have to say are we ready to to close this book Let's shut this chapter before the sure. house close. <laughs> All right. Uh, so to those who listened, thank you for listening. Uh, check out our Twitter. Check out our Facebook. Uh, subscribe to our newsletter if you have not already. Uh, and otherwise, I hope that you have a great rest of your week. All right. So take care. Have a fantastic visit at the Don Knotts Memorial Wax Museum. <laughs> take care, everyone. Bye. Bye. Raising Randy Mantum electric guitar.